Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob podcast. Today's guest is Hannah Such. She is co-founder and CEO of Go Jauntly, which is an app that helps people find places to go for walks. Hannah is a returnee here to GeoMob in that she spoke at GeoMob back in the summer of 2018, I think it was, when the service was just getting started, and, and they've kind of come a long way since then. So we wanted to get her back in and have her give us an update on how things are going. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah. Give us a brief intro of yourself and tell us what exactly Go Jauntly is. Thanks for that great intro, Ed. It's really nice to be back on GeoMob in this format. So yeah, Go Jauntly is a walking, wayfinding, and nature connection app. And we've been beavering away to try and become the world's first app-based green prescription. And the idea is that wherever you are in the world, you'll be able to open up the app and find a nature-filled walking route within a two-mile radius. Our app is available for free on iOS and Android, and we work with a variety of like local local authorities, transport organizations, consumer brands to create and curate bespoke walking content, potentially digitize existing walks. And we also create new features to promote things like active travel, walking for leisure and nature connection. And in the last lockdown, which was lockdown two, we launched uh, dynamic green routes as, as a public beta on iOS. And it basically helps you find the most scenic route from A to B. So you can choose the fast way or the greenest, leafiest, quietest, least polluted route. And that was sort of part funded by Innovate UK. And we've also got some additional funding from Sport England, and we'll be looking to roll that out on Android in spring. Very nice, Hannah. Congrats. So over the years at GeoMob, we've had many, many different takes on routing and wayfinding and journey planning across all different modes, you know, be it cars usually, but of course also trains, walking, everything. So what are some of the unique challenges that you guys are facing in the context of Go Jauntly? Oh, so many challenges. It's like a nonstop roller coaster and mountain to climb. I guess kind of one of the main things for us is that we are sort of self-funded and bootstrapped. It's taken a lot longer than I think it has taken some, some organizations to get where we are. But what it has meant is that we've been able to experiment, uh, work with partners, be super lean, nimble. And we've been able to focus on features that actually customers want and need. So I guess I think we're like four or five years down the line now, which just seems like a lifetime, but we're, we're pretty much self-sufficient now. We're revenue generating and we're hitting the numbers that we wanted to by around this time. So that's really good. And we haven't had to give away a lot of equity, but with that, the other challenges that come with it is the fact that I had to kind of run two businesses at the same time at one point, And I ended up making myself really ill as a result. Me and my business partner, Steve Johnson, we have a design consultancy as well. And sort of like two years into the, uh, the kind of bootstrap or spin out, uh, we realized that actually it's just not sustainable for us both to be working on both things. So we sort of divided and conquered. And that's actually when we saw kind of both businesses thrive. And I think it was a quite a tough, scary decision at the time. I guess some of the other challenges are around the fact that we're a community-based app. Uh, we're free and we are kind of consider ourselves to be social impact tech for good a platform. 
the app is free to download. So we've had to kind of invent new ways of like um, becoming revenue generated. And sort of like the biggest challenge I think I faced is that I didn't realize how much work would have to go into like the content creation side of the business. So previously with GoJauntly, it was literally boots on the ground, taking pictures on the route, uh, curating the stories and then uploading it. See, lockdown happened and that meant that you couldn't really travel further afield. And also there's only, you know, so many walks like our, our small team could do. So we had to learn to work with partners. We had to build up trust with partners and working with local authorities sometimes you know that can take a lot longer so we'll start pitching for a piece of work in January and then it would come in maybe like July or September um, and that really kind of that whole kind of period and and then lockdown as well made us realize that actually we can do something really clever with our data and our and our skill set and that's try and create like these dynamic green routes they work at the moment it's on iOS but it works wherever you are in the UK or Ireland you basically open up the app and there's a personalized collection from you from your door as long as you've enabled location and it will suggest routes circular routes from kind of 20 minute stroll to a one mile a one mile loop to a 5k hike from your door and it takes in all of the the footpath data in london it takes in the tranquil city index which measures things like street trees pollution levels proximity to green and blue space and then we give like high priority to green elements and the sizes of parks and balance like the positive aspects of, of, of streets and then the negative aspects as well to make sure that we can create the best types of, I guess, algorithm driven um, walking routes. And so that's kind of what we've been really focusing really hard on. Well, I think it's game changing for us because it means that technically if we could get that data for other areas of the world, we could, and, and the money behind it to host all of that data, we could technically roll it out across the world. This is quite interesting. So can, can you tell us a bit about like the technology under the hood? Is it that you're using kind of standard routing technology and you're just curating the data and and supplementing that with information from your partners and community or are you is someone actually like are the walks human generated like you, you have members of your community going out and doing the walk and then they kind of feed that back or how does it all work well you're gonna have to download the app because uh, it's changed a lot since the last time you probably looked at it but we've got like this basically series of, of, of different features that all promote walking wayfinding and nature connection so we on the one side we've got what is essentially like an encyclopedia of walks they're curated walks by our partners in our community uh, and our community about 37 percent of our walks are community generated so that's people going out on walks taking pictures adding bits of history that other people find interesting it's photo led and they're all sort of really really hyper local walks and then they're kind of dotted across the country now so we've we, we've just done a whole bunch in manchester greater manchester we've done some in lincoln we're working on projects like across the uk on those kind of kind of curated guidebook type walks and then we've got this new section which was developed it's been iterated on quite a few times. So it originally started out as a station to station walking map because we won the Mayor of London's Civic Innovation Challenge back in 2018. And it afforded us the opportunity to work uh, with Transport for London's innovation team. And they had this kind of walking map, which showed you how quick it was to walk between stations rather than changing on the network. And so we kind of turned that into an interactive map, a bit like how you might use something like Google Maps or Apple Maps or even City Mapper for walking. And that's 
evolved since then and it's essentially like a point-to-point walking map and you can now switch between the greenest route and the fastest route and so that element is kind of the newest part of go jointly our app is on our ios app is native android is being redeveloped as a progressive web app currently and we've got lots of different features and most of which is custom software but our brand new routing service which helps create these dynamic green routes is built on top of an open source routing engine and we've got our data extending open street maps essentially the algorithm that creates the routes is a standard one but the data that influences which paths or trails are selected is bespoke and it's based on sort of pre-processing the positive and negative environmental factors such as green space, road types, and we give them a desirability rating. Um, The algorithm responsible for this pre-processing is bespoke and it's always evolving to take in user feedback and our own observations as well. So, for example, when you're out and about on one of these green routes, you can upvote or downvote routes. We're looking to enhance that so that you can add more feedback on the state of the path, the grading of the path potentially, or like the ambience of the of the area, the lighting, that kind of thing. And already we've had like over a hundred pieces of feedback on like our different um, curated routes. And I think what we're trying to do is because it's coming in quite a lot, like every couple of weeks, we're like refreshing that data set and feeding that back in. And then we also have this, this new feature, which I mentioned earlier, it's where we sort of proactively create round trips for you. So that is like its own collection that's completely bespoke to you. They're not photo led. It's more like, a you know, following a point to point map. But we've calculated that this is a nice route for you from your doorstep. Does that make sense? It does indeed. Um, well, congratulations. This sounds like quite a clever mix of, you know, the, the human content, the, the algorithmically captured data, the sources like OpenStreetMap and something like that. I mean, sounds... It sounds quite complex, actually, behind the scenes to try to merge all that together. So congrats to the to the team for working on that. Very good. Um, tell us a little bit about the business side of things. You hinted at this, that you know the app is free to use. So, so what's the model? How do you make money off of this? Yeah, it's always like the question everyone always asks me. <laughs> I guess because it's just not that transparent from the get-go. But essentially, we've got what I like to call a three-tier revenue model. But presently, I think, especially in the last couple of years, we've been making the most of the top two. So the first one is we have an optional B2C business-to-consumer subscription. So for $1.99 or $99 a year, you can upgrade and you can cancel anytime and you can unlock extra special curated walks and tours and then you can also download um, trails offline. So you can download all of the images and all the map, map tiles to your phone. And we found that's been really, really popular for people who either are like trying to save their data or they're going to places where they're a bit worried that their connection will be a bit patchy. And since we've launched the Green Roots um, feature, you can now, as part of the premium subscription, also download the GPX files. So that, that's good for runners. And um, you can you can also save those routes offline as well. So I think it gives us a lot more flexibility. So that's our B2C subscription. And, and so our, our second tier is essentially our business to business or business to government tier. And that is us working directly with partners to deliver walking. That's us working with partners to deliver walking activities. So either 
uh, digitalizing existing routes, curating new routes, promoting active travel, creating challenges for walking. And that has been a really unexpected but good a good result because it it means that actually we can use that partnership funding to invest in technology development. So a lot of the things that we've had on our roadmap, we've been able to cover the costs of through the partnerships because they've also wanted those features as well. So they're the main two elements. And then the third tier is um, is data. So we're collecting a lot of really good anonymized pedestrian behavior data. Um, which could be really, really useful for, for town planners, uh, transport planners, and also for people looking after public health because of the health and wellness benefits of a walking and nature connection. So that bit hasn't been exploited yet, but that's definitely something that we're sort of gathering um, as we as we go. And I think we we must have about two, two and a bit years of, of, of pedestrian behaviour data now. So that's quite exciting. And hopefully we'll be able to use that for good as well in the future. Sounds sounds good. Yeah, I, I, that, it's interesting how your business has so many different legs to stand on, and I think that's quite clever. So well done there. You know, now you've been working on it for for several years, and I know I know there have been ups and downs along the way. What advice do you have for any of our listeners out there who are thinking of starting some sort of location based service business, or, or particularly like a, a consumer focused app? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot you've learned along the way. Maybe some some things you wish you had done differently. What what do you recommend? God, there I have so many shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Like we could, this would take up a whole episode. <laughs> but I think for us, like you just mentioned, like we've been able to monetize like different elements of our business, and we've been able to use like our expertise in consultancy as well to help build the business. And I think that that element has helped us ride the wave of the pandemic this year because not only have we been able to kind of invest in the app, we've also built things that other people aren't aware of like we've built mapping tools and things for public art trails in London and we're working on like a separate project with the Commonwealth Walkway and things like that so so being able to kind of exploit different elements of your business especially if you're bootstrapping has been has been really really good for us but I think running two businesses at the same time was really really tough and as I mentioned like we got we all got a bit ill as a result of that but I think we've been able to come through it now and I remember what I was going to say before we've just sort of hit what I think they call like hockey stick growth on our subscriptions and so it's just it's just like having that grit determination and like this kind of never never stopping I remember reading a fact about how most startups fail because the founders um, give up too early and I think that's one thing that you couldn't say about us is that we have never ever given up like we get knocked back down and we just get back up we just might have to scale things down use freelancers go a bit quieter but we've always always just like gone health forever on it and i think that's one of the things that all startups should do is like don't give up too soon um obviously everyone always says like no one to kill your baby but also never give up god it's a it's a hard life being a founder it is hard i can i can definitely relate to that um yeah, congratulations on your perseverance. It's it's true that I think that really is the key attribute that leads to success because, you know, as long as you don't give up and you keep trying new things. So that's great. I know one of the one of the milestones on your journey was that you guys were at the Geovation Accelerator. 
which of course many of our listeners will be familiar with. But tell us about that experience, like you know, going through the program and how it helped you and 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 what you got out of it. Yeah, so the Geovation Accelerator was quite early on in our, in our sort of startup journey, and I think we might have even been like the second cohort, or maybe even the third, like it was quite early on. And it was just amazing to have been selected because we tried like to apply to like a couple of accelerators. I think it was like a digital health one and then this one. And it was even meeting Alex and the team at the time, like get hearing their point of view on our startup. It was it was that validation that we really, really needed because we'd done user testing. We adopted a very user centric approach. We knew that there was a market for it. We knew where we wanted to position ourselves and um, we were bootstrapping it through our own resources, but having like that external recognition saying, no, this is a really good idea. And we'd always dreamed of like helping OS, like make a product like this. And so being able to work with Alex and the team was really, really good. Also, I, there's not many accelerator programs out there that I've seen since that give you equity free grants and then access to sort of tech resources as well. And we ended up not using their tech resources um, because we wanted to build natively on iOS. And then also because we wanted to use a, a kind of more global mapping tool because of our ambition. Um, but I know a lot of, of the other accelerator winners and, and the, the, the alumni have, have, have been able to kind of get some really really good advances from a tech perspective. And I think if we hadn't have won that accelerator at that time, then we might have hesitated about whether to go for it or not. So I think, I think Geovation from, from, especially looking back in hindsight was, is the best accelerator. Well, that's fantastic that it was such a boost to your business. Excellent. Yeah. I always recommend, I mean, for, for startups in the UK, it, it's a great resource. And, and of course they've been very kind and hosted Geomob many times. So well, we're checking out to anyone out there thinking of getting started. Yeah. Hannes, what are the next uh, steps on the journey for Go Jointly in 2021? I've got so much to do in this so little time. <laughs> I've been trying to, like we've, um, because of everything that's happened with lockdown and schools closing and things like that, we've, we've basically pretended that January is December. So we've pushed all of our kind of planning meetings into February because it's just, it was just like there's too much to do in, in too little time. Basically like a little mental trick for me to kind of give myself space to think. But what we are concentrating on right now is we are looking to achieve Android parity by the middle of the year. So hopefully by spring. Because I because we've been bootstrapped, because we've had to do things bit by bit, Android didn't come until like two years into the business. But it's good because we learned a lot of stuff at that point. And so now we're able to kind of really put more resource on that. So that will be a really big milestone for us because it will help us scale as well. We still get a lot of customer feedback of why we don't have Android parity. And I really believe in like listening to customers and kind of feeding that into the process. So that's like a massive priority. And then we've got quite a few public sector projects that we need to deliver around the same time. So we've been working with different local authorities across across the UK. And so there'll be little pilots launching. And we really want to hopefully by the by the end of 2021, expand our green routing offering. Because as I said earlier, it's only on it's only available in the UK and Ireland at the moment. So we're looking for some um, kind of worldwide partners to roll us out. And then hopefully 
we will look into potentially making it available as a routing API as well. So there's lots to do and we're trying to be sensible about it. I think because we've got to that certain point where people are like looking at us and thinking, oh, what's going to happen next to go jointly and stuff. And we're in like this sort of scale mode, but we're still self-funded. I think it's going to present some challenges this year, but I'm feeling positive about it. Like we've been really lucky that people can still walk more during lockdown and things like that because that's that's been a saving grace for many people and for our business. Well, that that's quite a full full plate you have uh, have in front of you there, Anna. So, congratulations! And I know is it too much? You reckon? Ah, uh, well, it, you know, it's it's it's, it's this is the curse of being a founder. There's always more to do than you want to do than than you have the resources to do. So, you gotta gotta yeah. figure out how to work smart, you know, yeah. but, but it sounds like you've done that over the last five years. It's fantastic to see, uh, see you as an example of someone. Cause I, I can remember your presentation from three years ago and you've come a long way. So a great testament to the person, your perseverance, the perseverance of the team. It's fantastic. And I advise all listeners to check out the app. Thank you. Yeah. And please um, feel free to give me any advice on what you think we should do next. I'm, I'm like trying to soak up all the advice right now. Well, on that note, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Hannah? Yep. So you can, first of all, please download the app on the App Store or the Play Store. So it's Go Jauntly. And you can drop us a line at hi at gojauntly.com. And we absolutely love collaborating with organizations. So please get in touch um, if you want to find out more. And you can also go to our website at www.gojauntly.com. Excellent. Thanks very much for coming back and, and telling your story, Hannah. And hopefully we'll have you back again in, in a year or two and learn how far you've come, how much farther you've gone on the journey. That'd be nice. Thanks again. Yeah. Thank you so much for the invite. It's been an absolute pleasure. <laughs> the pleasure is ours. Thanks, Hannah. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GMOP podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode and, of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.